Hey folks, welcome back to the Friday show here on the Culture Jack podcast. I'm Dustin and I'll be your host for today's show. And this isn't the only show that we host here on the Culture Jack podcast. No, we have five regular shows that we host every single week. We've got the Friday show today, tomorrow on today's episode, on Sunday, the Weekend Wire, on Monday, Monday Madness, and then finally on Thursday, the Culture Jack News Desk. And on today's episode of the Friday show, we're going to talk about the shape of stories. But before we get into that, I just wanted to, uh, I just wanted to point out for any of you that see this video, my mustache, like I am, I'm rocking a, a mustache now. It's like new. I've never before in my life enjoyed the luxury that is a, a well-formed mustache. And I can't, I can't speak to this being a well-formed mustache, but tonight I have my mustache twirled at the edges, my taco meat out for those very brave few, and I'm recording an episode of the Friday Show. Now, I, I, I had a little bit of a tummy ache a little earlier. I had to take a nap, so I got up, twirled my mustache, plugged in my microphone, and got ready to deliver you this episode. And so we are going to be talking about the shape of stories. And so it's kind of a follow-up to last week a little bit. It's maybe tangentially related, but last week on the Friday show, I made a <laughs> I made a sloppy assertion that the whole of movies or at least action movies and sci-fi movies are plagiarized from popular Japanese manga and anime. At the end of the show, I made a sharp right turn to identify the true culprit behind inspiration and original storytelling. But in the same thought, I briefly mentioned the 36 stories that form the basis for all stories ever written. If you'll allow me, I'd like to expand on that thought a little bit today. The idea that 36 stories are the basis for all fictional works. Surprisingly enough, I, I learned about this concept for the first time a couple weeks ago on a TikTok video that I quickly swiped past after the author began the lesson. And around the same time, my wife asked me if I'd heard about the 36 stories that make up fictional story arcs. No doubt she too was exposed to it on the internet, most likely on the TikTok application. I swiped past the video on TikTok. I ignored my wife because that host prefaced it by saying that it would ruin stories for me, allowing me to see past the idea that there still existed original ideas and original thoughts. And so I'd like to offer you the very same courtesy here. I'm going to dig into that idea that all creative works of fiction are inspired by a very limited number of tropes, arcs, and rhythms. The topic may also draw some consternation to folks of maybe specific fandoms, uh, lovers of certain types of stories or mediums, and even those of you who practice faith of some kind or another. But these are important examples to illustrate the wide-ranging acceptance of these stories and ideas as a foundation. So with, with that brief disclaimer out of the way, I personally 
chose to peek behind the curtain because I have always been and always will be an aspiring creator. And as such, I thought it was important to see what traps I'm falling, I'm falling into in maybe my own work of fiction. I'm sure I've said on this podcast before, but I am writing my own fairy tale, and I think it would be interesting to see what lanes I've been holding on to and compare my own story to those great works that occupy the same space, the same lanes. Um, I'm using this as an exercise to determine how strong my creativity is in the, in the, <laughs> in the face of my own exposure to grand stories of action, fantasy, and adventure over these last 30 years. Despite how I introduced this topic, I don't, at least at the onset, feel that all creativity has been stymied or stalled after the charting of these waters by those original authors now consigned to the pages of history books. No, even though a character may be a tormented lover like Juliet, have a profound revelation like Luke Skywalker, or hold off, you know, a couple of wet bandits like Kevin McAllister, it doesn't mean an author can't add their own personal flavor. Just because the, the concept of a four-legged, flat-surfaced desk exists does not mean that a carpenter can't add their own flourish, a secret drawer, or extra shelves. At the onset of my investigation into these 36 stories, I found that Kurt Vonnegut, well, perhaps not the original author of the idea, maintained that all stories fit into a specific shape that could easily be generated by a computer or easily be input into a computer to kind of chart their story shape. Now, Vonnegut held a master's degree in anthropology as his biography on Google reads, and he was an American writer who was often a satirist, now keep that in mind as we go on, and one whose body of work is mostly fatalist in nature. He was the author of Slaughterhouse-Five, Breakfast of Champions, and Goodbye Blue Monday, <laughs> among others. Uh, he published 14 novels, three short story collections, five plays, and five nonfiction works before he passed in 2007. So this, this thesis, the idea that stories have a basic shape, was rejected at the University of Chicago because it was, it was too simple. Uh, I've watched one of his lectures about this idea several times now. He's done a few different lectures, but they're the same. they have the same story beats. They have the same basic shape as well. And if you have an opportunity, you should find it on YouTube. Uh, he's a... A pretty dang funny guy, and it's it's like listening to a a funny uncle tell you a tell you a story. Uh, in his lecture, he draws a, an x axis and a y axis on a chalkboard. Now, at the top of the y axis is good fortune, is wealth, is health, is happiness, etc. And on the bottom of the y axis is ill fortune, sickness, loss despair, that, that sort of thing. And then on the x-axis, axis, <laughs> on the left asses, <laughs> the left uh, side of the x-axis is the beginning of the story. Well, the right side of the x-axis is the ending 
of the story. So where a story is focused on a protagonist, they will typically start in a neutral or uh, slightly positive score overall. And as the story goes on, they will encounter troubles and tragedy and, and dipping them below neutral into that negative territory until you know, their perseverance is rewarded and they conquer the day, bring, bringing their well-being back up uh, into the positive side of the graph and usually better off than where they started. Now, occasionally, a character will start uh, below neutral in the story, but usually, after a couple of peaks and valleys, they rise up toward the good fortune side of the equation. Now, Vonnegut uses uh, the example of Cinderella for this particular type of charting. If you remember Cinderella, her story, uh, it starts with the passing of her mother and her father's new marriage to a particularly cruel woman and her two spoiled daughters. As the story goes, her father passes away, leaving her as the ward to her terrible stepmother and the trappings of her bully stepsisters. Vonnegut notes her position on the graph is below the neutral position at the beginning of the story, but as time progresses, her fairy godmother shows up to get her ready for a grand ball she wishes to attend, the dress, the shoes, the carriage. She goes and meets the prince, and at this point, her trajectory on the graph is headed to the moon. Until, of course, the clock strikes midnight, and she comes crashing back down to the negative part of the graph. She doesn't stay down in the dumps for too long, of course, for the glass slipper was found, identified as hers, and they lived happily ever after. Now, this isn't the only kind of story shape that Vonnegut describes. I found a, a pretty great infographic over at BigThink.com that showcases the eight plots or eight shapes of stories that he insists are the makeup of all literary work. And they are as follows. I'll outline them for you, or you can head over there uh, yourself. Maybe at the same time as you're listening to this podcast, it'd be a nice visual representation for the audio pleasure that I'm giving you now. That was a little strong. Did I come on too strong? I apologize. That was rude. All right. So the eight shapes of a story are man in whole. Now, this is where the main character gets into trouble and then gets out of it again and ends up better off for the experience. So think uh, movies like Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. There's many more examples uh, that you could probably think of where there is someone who they got in trouble. You know, they had a debt to repay. They uh, owed owed a favor. They were running from the law or running from the some criminals and. They came out at the end of the day a lot better than than when they started. Uh, the next one is Boy Meets Girl, where the main character comes across something wonderful. So it doesn't have to particularly be a romance, but something wonderful. He gets it, they lose it, and then they get it back forever. And so it, think of any comedic uh, romantic comedy that you've ever seen. Uh, the next one is From Bad to Worse where the main character starts off poorly, then gets continually worse with, with no hope for improvement. And so uh, a good example of that would be like the, well, many of the episodes of Black Mirror, where things just get worse and worse and worse. Um, for anime fans, if you've ever seen the anime or read the manga Berserk, 
for poor old guts, nothing ever, ever seems to get better. Uh, the next one is which way is up. So the story has a, a lifelike, lifelike ambiguity that keeps us from knowing if new developments are good or bad. So you can think of uh, shows like Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones, The Sopranos, Peaky Blinders, Utopia. Those, those shows that they keep you guessing. And a lot of the times I've found, at least if I'm assuming the, the story correctly from Vonnegut's perspective, is I've found that these types of stories also feature a protagonist who you, you want to root for, but in a lot of cases, they have a moral ambiguity about them, themselves as well that you're not really sure if you should be rooting for them at all. Because maybe they're not even the good guy. Maybe they are, in fact, the bad guy. Uh, the next one is a creation story. So in many cultures, creation stories, humankind receives incremental gifts from a deity. Uh, first major staples like earth and sky, and then smaller things like sparrows and pets. It's not a common shape for Western stories. Uh, so think, you know, different world religions when you think of the creation story. And this one, typically, the shape that he showed or the shape that I saw in this infographic was all up. There was no down in this one. So uh, the next one is Old Testament. So humankind, again, receives incremental gifts from a deity, but is suddenly ousted from good standing in a fall of enormous proportions. The next one is New Testament, where humankind receives incremental gifts from a deity, but is suddenly ousted from good standing. But then they receive off the charts bliss. Like it goes really, really well for them afterwards. And then the last one is one that I described earlier. It's the uh, Cinderella shape. And uh, this typically has a stair step approach on the first upward trajectory before dropping off very, very dramatically into the negative territory. And then once again, rising from the ashes like the Phoenix into a much better position than where the person started. Um, Vonnegut does note that there's a striking similarity between the Cinderella and New Testament style story shapes. Now, as a reminder, Vonnegut was, among uh, other things, a satirist. Uh, so his insistence that all stories neatly fit into eight basic shapes that could easily be defined, interpreted, and created by computers could very well be satire, that a, a simply technical observation could never clearly define abstract ideas, or perhaps it was a plea that original works would have to be much more ambiguous, transformative, or revolutionary to break free from the octagonal uh, set of these story tropes. And that would be all fine and good if his seeming critique uh, of historical and modern storytelling remained an exclusive idea. But that is not where this topic ends. That is not where this episode ends. In 2016, Andrew Reagan and researchers at the Computational Story Lab at the University of Vermont mapped the emotional arcs of over 1,300 stories to find the most common and recurring story beats. In order to do this, they analyzed text in chunks of 10,000 words, and then they, they rated each chunk, or 
text window on how the uh, the content was, on what the emotional content was. Was it good, happy, bad, sad? Uh, by doing this, they found really there are six emotional story arcs. They measured them by most frequently occurring as clusters using an algorithm and clusters using machine learning. And so the, the six basic story shapes that they identified, and then this is, this is crazy fascinating to me because this is not a new idea as we'll get to here in a minute, but Vonnegut is, you know, 30, 40 years ago when he comes up with this theory. And then this is as recent as 2016. So this stuff is still being studied, deciphered and discovered. And I think it's just hugely unique and hugely interesting uh, to find out. So the six basic story types that they identified were uh, rags to riches. And that is a rise story, uh, a tragedy or riches to rags. And that's a fall story, a man in a hole, and that's a fall and then rise story. The Icarus story is a rise and then fall story. If you recall, he flew too close to the sun. Then a Cinderella story, a rise, a fall and a rise again. Or the last and final story, a Oedipus story, the fall, the rise and the fall once again. So those are the six story shapes that Vermont or the University of Vermont found uh, after their comparison. After comparing which downloads were most popular uh, among their sample set, they then determined that the most popular stories were ones that followed either the Icarus or the Oedipus story arcs. And so it just it struck me that do we enjoy seeing our fellow human person fail or fall? Uh, do we lavish in, in their misery, in the tragedy? The cynical side of me says that we do. They also found that more complex arcs that change sequential man in whole arcs and Cinderella arcs that preceded tragedy were very popular as well. So some people may be listening to this podcast and, and doing their own follow-up research to maybe write their own story that is popular based on what kinds of stories are popular or successful. I could only wish that Culture Jack had that much influence on your behavior, but it, it most likely does not. Uh, <clears throat> but if there were those people and to those people, I would say that you are missing Vonnegut's original point. I mean, probably missing his original point. My takeaway, like I alluded to earlier, is that originality may suffer as more stories are repeated. Their major arcs and ideas ingrained and then refurbished into new but off-tread adventures. Instead of trying to create and enjoy stories that have been told hundreds of times throughout the ages, we should always endeavor to carve our own path, to create something that is truly unique, not just in the descriptions of characters or in the setting, but also in the peaks and valleys of those story beats themselves. Uh, Vonnegut described Hamlet as something outside of his standard story shape, simply due to the ambiguity that the reader often faced at any given point during the story. So, eight story shapes, six basic stories. Dustin, none of this amounts to the grand 
36 that you alluded to at the beginning of this journey. And you are correct. The 36 stories that I referenced earlier, the 36 stories that the lady on TikTok warned me about, the 36 stories that my wife opened my eyes to, these 36 stories are referencing Georges Pulte's 36 dramatic situations. The list originated by Italian Carlo Gazzi, 1720-1806, and those 36 dramatic situations are as follows. Supplication, deliverance, vengeance of a crime, vengeance taken for kindred upon kindred, pursuit, disaster, falling prey to cruelty or misfortune, revolt, daring enterprise, abduction, enigma, obtaining, enmity of kinsmen and rivalry of kinsmen, murderous adultery, madness, fatal imprudence, involuntary crimes of love, slaying of a kinsman unrecognized, self-sacrificing for an ideal, and self-sacrificing for a kindred, all sacrificed for a passion, necessity of sacrificing loved ones, rivalry of superior and inferior, adultery, crimes of love, discovery of the dishonor of a loved one, obstacles to love, an enemy loved, ambition, conflict with a god, mistaken jealousy, erroneous judgment, remorse, recovery of a lost one, and finally, the loss of loved ones. Those are the 36 dramatic situations. And next week on the Friday show, oh, don't do it to us. I'm going to do it to you. We are going to talk about each one of these 36 dramatic situations and see if we can find modern examples in cinema, in video games, or in comic books that represent each one of them. So the shapes of a story, the 36 dramatic situations... Studies by Vonnegut and the University of Vermont. That is what I was thinking about today. Make sure you stay tuned tomorrow for on today's episode, The Weekend Wire on Sunday, Monday Madness, and the Culture Jack News Desk on Thursday. Make sure that if you are new to this podcast, we do release new episodes five days a week. Every week we're here. Leave us a review on the streamer that you're listening to us on, whether it is on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, SoundCloud. I said SoundCloud twice. It's just that good. It's like, <laughs> I don't know, like anyone that I know personally, I don't know anyone that personally listens to this thing on SoundCloud. So where are my SoundCloud homies at? Holler at us. Come on. Let us know that you're out there listening to us on SoundCloud. Uh, you can also get in touch with the podcast if there is a particular dramatic situation or there's another body of work that has defined stories different than those that I have outlined in today's episode. Let us know. You can contact us on Facebook, on Twitter, at Culture Jack. You can also get a hold of us at culture.collective.x2 at gmail.com. Uh, one more thing before I go, we are planning a special episode of the Culture Jack podcast where Anthony and I do get together and talk about the Zack Snyder Justice League. So that should be very interesting and very fun. 
I enjoyed it very much. But that is all I have for today's episode of the Friday Show. Thank you so much for listening. Have a good weekend and cheers.